welcome to the Blue and White Brothers, the podcast all about Penn State football. Conversation and commentary from a fan perspective. I'm Tom Gaffman. And I'm Andy Gaffman. And we are the Blue and White Brothers. Two brothers, two takes, one team. All right, bro. Well, it's getting real now, man. We are entering into our first game of Big Ten play. It's going to be the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Um, interesting game to start off our Big Ten slate with. Um, and it leads me to a question for you. I don't know that I've ever asked this question of you before. So um, hit me with your best shot. What is your experience of Penn State being in the Big Ten? When you think about Penn State as a Big Ten member, what are the thoughts, feelings, and whatnot that come to mind as we hear as we enter Big Ten play? I barely remember our pre-Big Ten life. I do remember being an independent. I do remember playing teams like Cincinnati and Syracuse and and Pitt. West um, Virginia. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I remember like dad talking about how dominant we were feared to be once we came to the Big Ten, you know, just because we were a dominant program that had just won two national titles in the decade earlier. And it, it was just, you know, I, I think in 94, we set a really high bar. Yeah, you know, we sure did. We set a really a ninety three was was not a terrible season, but but ninety four really set the bar high, and then we didn't really live up to it until winning the Big Ten in two thousand five, uh, in my opinion. And that's and I was still very young in that that ninety four to ninety nine period, but ninety nine was a letdown. You know, the two thousand to two thousand five. 2000, 2000 to 2004 seasons, meaning uh, four out of five years there, were really atrocious. You know, and we, even in the in the late nineties, um, you know, Joe Jervicius and Curtis Enos had those, um, you know, their their careers came to an abrupt end in the way that we weren't you know proud of at the time, and so it, it's we kind of had these like like bursts of of like greatness as a Big Ten um, team, and and I'm we're still waiting to have like you know can we be. We still are that like third, that second tier, that third team, you know, on a whole that that like we just can't get over that hump on a consistent regular basis, you know. And it seems like yeah. Franklin's getting us to that point, but we still need to see it happen. Yeah, on I mean, a consistent regular basis. It's interesting because like here we are, thirty years in, and you know we know all the teams that we're playing, you know, you have a sense of what they're like, you know, year in and year out, who the clunkers are, who the, the you know, the big guys are, who, who's, you know, on an upswing, who's on a downswing. It's kind of fun to have that kind of knowledge. Um, and I, I would say, you know, similar to back, uh, before our big 10 days, you know, you have those teams that you kind of look forward to playing each year because you think, you know, this is going to be your year to, to, you know, rub it in their face. You know, you have those, those teams on your schedule each year that you're kind of worried about, you know, in the independent days, it might be Notre Dame or, um, you know, even Nebraska and things like that. And now it's, you know, Ohio state and Michigan most of the time. Um, so I think it's been good for the fans. It's been, been, you know, 30 years in, you kind of feel like we've won some big 10 titles. We've had some big time players in big time games and big time performances throughout the season. We've had some high draft picks, but we, there's been a lot of times where we've, 
you know, got beat by just team. We under, should be, yeah, just under yeah, yeah, where yeah. you want to be. And I think that's a part of that. I think is when the divisions were shifted so that you have the East and the West, and we were put in the same division with Michigan and Ohio State, and um, just at a time when those two teams were were really themselves um, uh, experiencing a, a peak in their own dominance, not just in the conference but nationally. Um, you know, it's it's really meant for a, a challenging couple of years, and we're just sort of missing. You know, y- you look at the you know Franklin's record against Big Ten opponents, and like against everyone but Michigan and Ohio State it looks really good and then against Michigan and Ohio State it's what like 4 and 14 or something like that so um you know on the plus side though it's it's forced a coach like James Franklin to really really focus on how do you develop an elite level team and he's been at it for a good number of years here as we enter Big 10 play we're going to have another chance to find out if this in fact is the year when all the recruiting and all the, you know, uh, coach development and all the, you know, offensive and defensive philosophies and all of the behind the scenes stuff finally comes together to get over that hump. Um, this Saturday against Illinois is going to be the first opportunity to see what that looks like in the conference. Um, before we talk specifically about Illinois, um, I just do a quick outline for everyone, just to let you know what you're going to here today, and it's actually pretty straightforward. We are going to scout that Illinois team. Um, we are going to give you our sense of the matchups, and we're going to go by the numbers with Joel Bettner um, to give you a sense of what we're thinking we might see in the game, and then and that would include our game predictions. Um, so that's going to be the uh, episode today. Hey, um, please do us a favor and um, share this podcast with your Penn State friends, um, especially as the season gets heating up. I th- think it'd be a great time to share the Penn State love. Uh, write a review. Um, would love to hear from you um, by email as well, blueandwhitebrothers at gmail.com. Um, we don't have a mailbag today, uh, in part because we don't have a new entry. So uh, please go ahead and uh, send us an email or um, give us a comment and a review. We'd love to feature you on a future mailbag. Well, with that, bro, let's go ahead and look at that Illinois game. Um, hey, this is a big noon kick. Woohoo, Fox. All right. In <laughs> big in, big noon, more like big eleven AM. True. It's actually eleven AM local time. Um it is our first Big Ten game of the season, as we said. And by the way, what is this? Our eleventh year in a row, we opened Big Ten play on the road. Woo-hoo. We're used to it. Who cares? I'm oh over it. Gosh. I'm over it at this uh, point, just because. What are we supposed to do? Like uh, right, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, I think Illinois as your first game uh, a couple of months ago. I would have been worried. I you was were. worried. You were worried. I was worried. Um, it feels and like I wasn't. It, by the way, yeah. Yeah, um, we'll see after the game which of us was justified. Just blew, blew that up. Yep, yep. <laughs> but I'm definitely less worried based on on the results of the season so far, and, and we'll get to that in a moment. Um, by the way, weather looking good for the game. Last I Is checked, it, it was going to be uh, 74, partly cloudy at game time. Um, commentators uh, are going to be uh, Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson. I, to me, they're one of the better commentating crews that you can have right now. So that'll really, I think, help enhance uh, the game experience. Uh, again, it's a, a broadcast on Fox at noon this Saturday. Uh, and as we said, we're playing Illinois. Um, we we're just talking about Big Ten history with Penn State. And Illinois has some really interesting 
uh, intersections with Penn State. You mentioned that 94 season. And we almost face planted and, and like our whole season was slipping away. Well, it did. I mean, it did. It, it even though we won, won. It it, was, even though we did, it, we, it was the reason we didn't win a national title that game. Well, th- true, but we all, we may well have not even played in the Rose bowl. Had we not had to Fair. come from behind a tremendous 21 point comeback um, against Illinois. That was at Illinois, by the way, an away game. I remember um, watching very it live too. Um, very talented Penn state team against a uh, Illinois team that, we didn't obviously take seriously enough. Um, kind of a sleepy game, and uh, boy, it almost bit us. Really handed to that team for coming together um, and pulling off that uh, that extremely uh, important comeback. And then, bro, do you remember the nine overtime game? Did that was Illinois. Just horrendous. Just Brett. Just Bielma. absolutely horrendous of a of a, an existence. <laughs> you know, I I I can't I can't with that game. You know that. You know, and by the way, so yes, the last time we we played Illinois, um, we we lost. But the last time we played Illinois in Champaign, we also lost. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our last loss to, to Illinois prior to that loss was also in Champaign. Okay, that makes sorry, a little I, more I, sense. I apologize. We lost 16 to 14 in 2014. Um, that was Franklin's first time playing Illinois. All right. So, you know. Yeah, but for me, for me, that um, 2021 game. That no, you're not over, wrong. You're not that wrong. That nine overtime game. I mean, first of all, Stings. it was Brett Bielma. Okay. Same coach that's going to be on the sidelines against us. Um, it was Mike Yersich, right? No. Or was it Kirk Sharaka? No, tw- 21 no, it was, 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 was Yersich. It was Mike Yersich. Yeah. yeah. It was Mike Yersich. Yeah. So, you know. Um, we Sean couldn't now, run the ball. We couldn't stop the run. Like, Sean, Cl- Sean Clifford was injured in that Iowa game. Uh, this was after the bye. They ran him out there instead of yeah, our backups. And he was not. He was not a hundred percent. That he was sure. not a hundred percent. But it, it was a sloppy. I'm gonna knock rainy. on wood about about having a, a healthy quarterback in this game. True. Um, <laughs> but let me. I gotta say there there got there are guys on this team that lived through that game. Not to mention no Yersich and Franklin. You gotta believe that they want to go out there and bury Illinois. This is this has got to feel a little bit like. I mean, I know Franklin's one and zero, but how do you not? How do you not come in with this mentality of saying, "Hey, we got to kind of win back our honor from that disgrace of a game that we played two years ago." And if you, like what what players come to mind that were involved in that game though, like that are still on this roster for Penn State? Can you think of anyone? That no, like no one offhand. Uh, well, like players that were uh, you know on defense involved in that game. I'm going to list off a few. Yeah, Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy, Amin Vanover, who's not currently healthy, Kalen King, um, Curtis Jacobs, Kaziah Izzard, uh, and and that's that's it. That's what we have on the stat sheet from from defensive players who played. And the only offensive skill position player who's on the stat sheet, just two. Um, you have uh, Keandre Lambert Smith and you have Theo Johnson that were on the stat sheet. I don't, I'm not saying there weren't other players that were on the field, but as far as contributors on the stat sheet, those are the list. So they, so we have Theo Johnson and Keandre Lambert Smith were that are basically now, you know, for 
kind of like you know they're leaders now and they live through that. So you got to think that they they're remembering they're bring some that. Juice. And they yeah. well, I mean, dude, Clifford only threw for 165 yards and we only ran for 62 yards as a team. Oh and gosh, it's it, you know, but we're, like, dude, our current offensive output right now is over 500 yards a game. Right. And we didn't hit half of that last time we played Illinois. And yeah, no, <laughs> and, mean, but, but, but honestly, also on top of that, this is an entirely different Illinois team top to bottom than, than that team. I mean, Chase Brown is gone. Um, there was there, he ran for 223 yards against us. Oh my God. I will say that their, their second string running back that in that game was a guy named Josh McCray, who's still on the Illinois team right now. Josh McCray had 142 yards against the Penn state defense as the backup. They ran oh for a gosh between the two of them. They almost had both two both players over 150 yards. Now they only had one touchdown between them though. So <laughs> I, it's, it's a very strange game. Wow. In all the ways you can imagine. Um, this is a way for for guys that were on that team for Penn State to certainly get some payback. I think they're up I mean, to the task. If I think my it's future happen. kidnappers are listening to this game, making me watch <laughs> this game on rerun is a good way. Is good way of torturing me. I mean, I I really I I really don't want to think about it, but I do think that this game provides an opportunity for these guys. You know, that game provides some fuel for these guys to be hungry and get the taste of that. Keandre Lambert Smith was second on the team in that game. He had the lone touchdown for Penn state in the game. The lone touchdown for Penn state's offense in the game was Keandre Lambert Smith, three catches, 49 yards, 16.3 yard average, one touchdown along a 42. But you know, and now Keandre Lambert Lambert has established himself, not as just the, the, the best wide receiver on this team, he currently leads the Big Ten in receiving yards with a nearly 200. So wow. So and he's been you know adamant about hey I'm a I'm a number one and he's been thought of as being dis disrespected by the fact that like oh we're gonna bring in somebody else like Dante Sivas and Dante Sivas is gonna be our new number one and Keandre Lambert has put that to bed in the first two games and the the you know we're gonna get into this a little bit but like this is a game possibly tailor made for Keandre Lambert Smith to have a a big day. I like it. You know, you mentioned that it's a different Illinois team, and I think that's really true. Um, they're not only a different team from where they were in 2021, they're a different team from where they were last year. And um, to remind everyone, last year, Illinois was vying for the Big Ten West crown up until the very last weekend of the season, um, of the regular season. Uh, you, you may remember they took... Uh, Michigan to the very final bell. They went toe-to-toe. Michigan squeaked out a win at the very end last year. They had one of the best defenses in the country, including the best team against the pass last year. Um, Very, very stingy. Um, They ended up losing the Big Ten West race to Purdue, by the way. Um, they went to a bowl game, um, ended up losing that game to Mississippi state. They did lose a lot of talent to the NFL, including their star running back chase Brown, as well as a lot of, uh, you know, their defensive secondary who was extremely, extremely stingy last year. Uh, they lost their defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, bro. Um, so they did lose their defensive coordinator, but they gained a defensive coordinator as well. 
They have <laughs> they they hired the, the DC from within. But guess who is on the team as an analyst now? Jim Leonard from Wisconsin. Ooh, interesting. Is a, is a defensive analyst for them. So let's. I don't well, like talk that. about the, their defense uh, in a little bit. Yeah. Um. So you know. That result last year is why I was really concerned about this being our opening Big Ten game. But it, as it turns out, at least for the early season results, um, the, what they lost last year is pretty significant. They haven't rejuvenated themselves this year in the same way. So, you know, the first game of the season, they they really squeaked by Toledo on a last seven, second field goal. Toledo may actually be pretty darn good, but still, it's a MAC team in Toledo, and they, they needed a last second field goal to win uh, 28 to 30. And then we already covered in the previous episode uh, during the news and notes that um, Illinois lost to Kansas. Uh, now, Kansas has their star quarterback who returned. So, you know, Kansas could also be quite good, but it really is not feeling like this is quite as much of a trap game as I was expecting. Um, and a lot of, but it is the trap game on the schedule. I think if you want to look at possible trap games, this would be the one that best, you know, is, yeah, I mean, it works in that way. Like potentially dangerous Iowa, I would not call Iowa a trap game. Yeah. Yeah. It's our whiteout game, you know? Right. Right. Um, Yeah. So, so here Illinois is a potentially dangerous team that you might be tended to overlook. Um, you know, Penn state is 14 or 15 point favorite right now two touchdown favorite. So, um, if anything, I would say West Virginia, looking back in hindsight was more trappy, you know, because they were supposed to, Oh my God, this coach is in the hot seat. One of the worst defenses in the country last year from the, um, in the secondary, like we thought we'd take it to them a little more than, than we did. And, and it was close, uh, at, at, at a time in the game. So, so, but, but Illinois to me, as far as do you want to look at it as a possible trap game? Like if you're Illinois and you're looking at, Oh, Top 10 Penn State comes to town. How can we salvage a disastrous start so far? Almost an 0-2 start. Uh, How can we salvage what is to be possibly a good season? Well, you get it started by beating Penn State at home. You definitely get on the radar of, of, of the entire country by being beating Penn State at home. Absolutely. And it could be a turning point in Illinois' season. So, so not to be taken lightly, it's a Big Ten game, uh, you know, I, it, it, the stakes are high in this game. They really are. Yeah, and, and, and I and do Penn predict State, that we're going to beat them, but, you know. Penn State being, uh, you know, things going as well as they are going for Penn State outside of uh, one or two key areas, uh, you could certainly start to feel good about yourselves to the point that you don't take a, a team like Illinois seriously and you kind of sleepwalk through the game. Now, I think this team has significant goals. I Like we were just talking about, you have memories of that, uh, game from two years ago that I really think kind of help um, mitigate against the tendency to overlook this Illinois team. Um, but I do think it's going to require focus and motivation at uh, 11 a.m. local kick time uh, to make sure that, you know, when you're look, this is a Big Ten foe. We know that the Big Ten has a particular style of play. It's going to be physical. Illinois is going to plan to be physical. Their offensive and defensive lines are going to be, you know, 
big. They're going to be strong. They're going to try to impose their will. Um, and um, we're going to face some resistance. We're going to have to play clean. We're going to play smart. I think all of our skill players in an, and all of our um, trench players are just going to have to bring a good game in order to have a nice, solid victory like we hope. But um, before we uh, talk about some of those things that we'll need to do from the Penn State side uh, to make sure we ha- have a victory Let's talk about this Illinois team a little more specifically. And uh, what do you think, bro? Do you want to start with the offense or the defense? Um, ours or theirs? <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, Illinois' offense. Um, their defense. What do you want? I mean, let's start with their defense. Let's start with their defense because I think this is where I think this is where Taylor made for our you know our offense is this matchup um, in general. Um, you know, so so who do we got? Um, you know, Colin the the defensive plays. You already mentioned Jim Leonard also being an analyst. Who do we got calling the plays, and what kind of defense should we expect to see from them? Well, we got um, you know their. Their offensive, or excuse me, their defensive coordinator is a guy that was hired from within, a guy named Aaron Henry. He was the defensive backs coach last year. They hired him um, basically as soon as uh, Ryan Walters left for the Purdue job. And Ryan Walters had a had a stellar season last year for the Illinois defense. He was one of the best in the Big Ten. But the defensive backs coach was a critical part of why that defense was so good. Um, and Andy, let me outline for you a little bit of, of why you know he was so good. His his unit um, was best in the nation against the pass in 2022, and they led the whole defense led the nation in scoring at 12.8 points per game. They led the nation in interceptions with 24 per uh, on the season. They led the entire nation in overall takeaways with 32 and. Their passing efficiency defense was ranked or rated 92.64. That's best in the country and 10 points, more than 10 points better than the next best defense, which was Penn State. Penn State. Their their pass pass efficiency. So, you know, he's a guy that knows what he's doing. I mean, that's like, I mean, you know, in terms of our mindset from other Big Ten teams that we face, that's like Iowa level. Absolutely. For, for, for he was, and, and he was the youngest coordinator in the Big Ten when he took over for Illinois in their 2023, uh, this past offseason, uh, the, the the postseason, I should say, in the ReliaQuest Bowl. He's the youngest coordinator in the Big Ten. I don't know if that's changed since that hire. But then add to the fact that um, in July, when um, you know Wisconsin no longer retained Jim Leonard as their DC um, with the change with Luke Fickle there, Brett Bielema hired Jim Leonard, which, by the way, Brett Bielema was Jim Leonard's coach in college at Wisconsin. Brett Bielema hired Jim Leonard. Brett Bielema is a Wisconsin guy, then to the Razorbacks, and now to Illinois. Correct. So, so, you know... Jim Leonard is is a guy well thought of in the in the defensive coordinator ranks, and here he is now as an analyst. And Jim Leonard has given us fits uh, as a player in the past, but um, certainly something to 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 see if if uh, Jim Leonard can do something to to help um, their defense in in you know devising a game plan uh, against Penn State's offense. And so, Andy, they they run a three three five. Uh, you know, that's three. 
defensive linemen with a nose tackle, three linebackers, and five defensive backs. And that's the same scheme we basically saw against Delaware. Um, so so it's, I don't know how many times Penn State has played back-to-back 3-3-5 schemes, um, but that's what Illinois' defensive depth chart indicates. And, and it's led by the law firm of Newton and Randolph. All right, so um, <laughs> the the uh, defensive tackles, uh, uh, defensive lineman Jerzon Newton, who goes by Johnny Newton, I believe, and uh, Keith Randolph. These are two three hundred pound, like six five, three hundred pound type guys, and they are NFL caliber. And and Jerzon Newton, um, Johnny Newton, um, he is going to be a first round draft pick. He is, he might even be like a high first round draft pick. This guy's legit. He had five and a half sacks last year. He had two sacks against Kansas, um, and those are his only sacks on the year so far. But like, he's a a game wrecking All American type um, tackle. I just, you know, I don't really know if um, if Illinois has the the guys in the back end for him for this you know this defensive line to really thrive, especially against Penn State because. If they're cornerbacks, which by the way they lost four to the to, to the NFL, wow. and three of them in the draft, uh, and one of them went un, as an undrafted free agent to Washington. Um, these they lost they had they lost a top five cornerback um, to the NFL. These losses are I think we're going to make them feel very very directly. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of my- like a, a bit of a unicorn for for Illinois. They're not like in a reload kind of situation like Ohio State or Michigan or even Penn State for that matter. You know, th- there were some very rare talent maybe for Illinois that at least at the moment they're having trouble replicating the talent they put on the field last year. Absolutely. And and Kansas took advantage of that. Toledo took advantage of that. And and it didn't look like they had answers. It looks like these guys um, that have t- taken the place for these these NFL caliber uh, defensive backs just are like kind of lost on a lot of plays. And I mean, so maybe it's you know, nice that we're playing them early before they figure things out. <laughs> right. But but also, you know, I, my thought process you know, with how Penn State, you know, got their power run game going was like, you know, because, oh, we got to defend, we got to go up against this, um, you know, defensive front. But even, you know, even their linebackers didn't look good uh, at times um, this year so far. So I, I'm I'm starting to shift my concept of what I feel Penn State is going to do offensively against this team. And, and you know, with how efficient... <laughs> Drew Aller has looked with however many weapons we now are, are are showcasing in the pass game. I don't know if we're going to be a, a, a big time run first team against Illinois, at least to start out the gate. Cause, cause what it seems to me, Andy, is that Illinois is not a come from behind team. And if we can get their defense on their heels, it's going to be really hard if their offense has to come from behind big. Cause they, they obviously couldn't do it down 34 to seven against, you know, um, you know, Kansas is not Penn State. I, I think you know on a, on a national talent scale. I think we ha- it's going to be very hard for for Illinois to to match up defensively, especially in the secondary with all these you know weapons we got in the past game. Well, let's um hold the matchup conversation for a moment yeah. while we switch over and talk about the Illinois offense. Um, you know, it's not like they've scored no points this year. Um, you know, they put up 30 against Toledo and uh, 24 against Kansas. Um, they got some players and why don't you let us know um, who they got uh, along with their offensive coordinator and what kind of things they're trying to accomplish as an offense. 
so yeah, their offensive coordinator is a guy named Barry Looney Jr. or Lunny Jr. I don't know how to pronounce it because I'm terrible at pronunciations. Um, not 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 too concerned with that yet. Um, this is his first uh, Power Five OC job, but he um, he was with Arkansas for a lot of his coaching career prior to this, and last year was his first year with uh, the the Illini. And I imagine that there's ties there with the Razorbacks and uh, Brett Bielema. So I'm I'm sure that's how he got hired. Um, last year, their offense averaged 379 yards per game, 211 through the through the air, and 167 uh, on the ground, and averaged 24.2 points per game. Um, and they they was they got a bowl appearance out of it. They were, they went eight and four in the regular season. Uh, they got made it to a bowl against Mississippi State. It was their first bowl appearance since 2019, and their first winning season since 2011. And their offense played a, a big role in that, um, by and large. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of running uh, with Chase Brown, who's a great uh, running back, who's now gone to the NFL. Um, but this this offensive coordinator, um, you know, he knows what he's doing from a quarterback perspective too. He he was a Razorback quarterback for four. 40 starts in his career back in the early 90s. Jeez. Um, that's a- and he won an SEC title, sorry, SEC West title with them uh, one of those years. But he it was on the Arkansas staff from 98 to 99 and 2013 to 2019. So, um, you know, while he's not been an OC for very long, he's certainly been coaching for a very long time and has, you know, football chops galore. Um, but their, their, their offense through two games has not been looking good in this his second year they only have 408 yards um passing through two games and only 307 yards rushing through two games only 4.9 yards per carry on those rushing yards and a lot of it uh in in large part due to a 72 yard touchdown run by uh their quarterback luke luke alt luke altmeyer last week so to me they're still kind of developing an offensive philosophy and an offensive identity yeah, especially after with, losing chase brown who seems to be their their guy last year workhorse absolutely um, and i was um, interested to learn luke altmeyer um he's a transfer quarterback uh he had a couple years at old miss under his belt this is his first season at illinois and it really seems yeah. like at least for the first two games the offense runs through luke altmeyer um not only it, does he have a fair amount of <laughs> passing yards he's also their leading rusher at the moment it it runs through luke altmeyer who runs for his life <laughs> uh as the quarterback um yeah i think they're leaning on his scrambling ability a lot so far while they're figuring out what they've got. Um, you know, they, they've got a couple of decent running backs. Um, nothing, nothing too shocking in the, in the run department there, but, but Luke Altmeyer, um, you know, in terms of being a, a rusher, uh, he, he has, he has looked deadly at times with running the ball, certainly, and and that and with the way we gave up that big run against De- Delaware, it makes you, you know, wonder is he going to be able to do that? Uh, we um, also had now, some trouble against the, um, you know, escapability yep, of the yep. so West we, Virginia quarterback as well. We're going to get our third r- scrambling quarterback in a row. So you'd like to think that uh, we, we figured out how to how to t- take care of a, a you know scrambling quarterback, Manny Diaz. Um, but so on that seventy-two yard scramble, he wrecked. It wasn't a design run. It was a a pass. They were down thirty-four to seven with ninety seconds left in the third quarter, and they were they were going deep. And he recognized immediately that he didn't have anyone spying him and took off. And it was just like the perfect, you know, self call to take that ball and, and run with it. Um, he definitely has some wheels. But um, just a little background on him in the, in the first two seasons at Ole Miss. Um, this guy was a four-star quarterback coming out of Starkville, by the way, and he was the tenth-rated transfer in the portal this off season. But 
Oh, in two seasons at Ole Miss, he only attempted 54 passes. That's as many as he has attempted now in the first two games of his Illinois career. Yeah, so right? he was so, a, a pretty deep backup at the time and and got a sense that he maybe wasn't going to be the guy. Uh, and so, right. so went looking in the portal and uh, wound up at Illinois. Yeah, so he hasn't really established himself as being like you know a a great passer yet, but you know he's completing 68 and a half percent of his passes. Yeah, it's not terrible. For, it's not terrible, you know. Um, but there but were a lot of games last seven, year. We would have loved sixty eight percent, no doubt. But but only for a seven point two yard average. He's also thrown three touchdowns to match his three interceptions. Yeah, interesting. Um, and, uh, and you know his his QBR is sixty six point two. That's good for only forty sixth best in the country. So he he still has some kinks to work out as a passer. But I it might be um, like more just trying to find who his best you know receiving targets are. You know you might not have like uh, rapport with all his receivers yet because because right now he's only been thrown uh, to to not only been thrown but but. This guy Isaiah Williams is our number one um, co- uh, wide receiver. He, he's not big, you know, but he but he certainly makes a lot of catches, and he's he's uh, he got eleven catches for one hundred and fifty yards. This guy's name is Isaiah Williams. He's uh, five foot ten, one hundred eighty five pounds. Um, he doesn't have any zero. Uh, excuse me, doesn't doesn't have any touchdowns yet. But he but every catch he goes for thirteen point six yard average. So and he's you know, um, someone to look out for. Currently the, the sixth leading receiver in the Big Ten by yards. Um, yeah. So, yep. you know, had a good outing against Kansas last week, six catches for 99 yards, but you know, still lacking in the, in the touchdown department. I mean, I, I guess be- it's, it's important to take note that, um, there's a quarterback and a receiver on this team that can make plays, you know, and, yeah. um, yeah. even against power five, Kansas, who they lost to, um, nonetheless, 99 yards in a game is, is pretty significant. Um, so not necessarily a long downfield passing game, right? His long is no, 29 yards, no, but not. consistently getting decent yardage. Um, you know, we'll need to make sure uh, as a defense that we keep him in check as much as possible. Yeah. And and listen, let's make no mistake here. A, a Brett Bielema team wants to run the ball. They want to have great running backs. They have two running backs that they're looking to for for having a breakout performance uh, this season in, in the wake of Chase Brown being gone. Um, they've got Reggie Love III, who's a junior. He's 5'11", 205 pounds. He, so far this year, he's had 20 carries for 108 yards, a 5.4-yard average, no touchdowns. And he was limited to eight carries for 45 yards, albeit with a 5.6-yard average against Kansas while playing from behind. Um, but Josh McCray has already done damage against Penn State in that 2021 season. He had almost 150 yards rushing. Um, he's 6'1", 235. We just saw a 6'1", 235 running back with uh, West Virginia. Yeah, we had so, trouble with that guy. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, we, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he didn't run away with a game, but he yeah. was hard to bring down, man. Well, McCray, we, it was hard to bring down in 2021, um, but we have a different defense, I'd like to think, than that year. Um, 15 carries for f- only 50 yards in the season for a 3.3-yard average. He's the lone running back with a touchdown uh, on the year. I think you're right, though, that you know we want to avoid a situation in which one or both of these running backs gets going. You know, if that's what... I mean, no doubt what Brett Bielma wants to do is 
churn the ground game, keep our defense on the field, keep our offense. They're off- a read option team with this quarterback for sure. And yeah. um, it's just going to be a matter of like how we want to attack. Cause, cause I think Manny Diaz is going to try and attack at this point. Um, Cause you got to get ready for Iowa, you know, and we haven't really seen our defense play a, an overwhelming attacking style yet, you know, and I think that that if you, just like how you know we like okay we want game one on offense we wanted to get the, the the passing game going with Drew Aller you know to prove it and then game two we wanted to get the running game going with our with our boys and prove it now I feel like it's the defense's turn to prove it before the the schedule gets harder and harder and harder you don't you don't you won't feel good about going into the meat of the Big Ten schedule with the likes of Iowa's and and Ohio State's, unless you've proven this attacking defense can produce against a, an inferior opponent, which I believe is what Illinois is right now. Well, let's talk about that matchup, um, both you know Penn State's offense versus their defense and vice versa, our defense against their offense. How do we match up against them? And um, you know what what do we think it might look like as this game plays out. As I think I've already mentioned, we're um, 14 or 15 point favorites. We're somewhere around an 86% chance to win uh, by FPI's uh, figurings. Uh, You know, most people feel that this game is a a solid Penn State win. Um, You know, Illinois is a real team. They've got real players. They, they, you know, have a four-star quarterback. They've got the pedigree of um, a team that was just vying for the Big Ten West last year with a rough start who wants to turn it around. And so we're going to have to play solid and we're going to have to play clean. We're going to have to play well. What do you think it's going to look like as the game unfolds? Um, And let's just start with our defense um, against their offense um, because that's just where you left off. But what do you... What do you want us to see against them? Are we going to attack the run? Are we gonna are we gonna tighten up the box? Are we gonna play man to man on the back end? Are we gonna do a lot of blitzing? Are we gonna force our quarterback to beat us? What do you see Penn State doing on defense to shut down an inkling of an Illinois attack? Well, Illinois is very middle of the road on on offense. You know they they're 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 ninth in offense in, in the Big Ten. I'm talking about they're very middle of the road at the Big Ten on offense. They're they're you know only have 357 yards per game um, total. That's not good for ninth in passing. It's only 204 per game. That's good for ninth in rushing. It's only 153 per game. That's good for seventh and points per game. They're ninth with 26.5 and and Penn State's defense um, and points per game given up. We're only giving up 11 points per game total. We're only giving up 114 uh, yards in the ground total, and we're only giving up um, 110 yards per uh, game in the passing department. So you know, I I think Andy that that this this our defense is you know especially on the back end you know. Our secondary, I think, is going to be able to lock down what seems to be only one significant downfield threat in Isaiah Williams. When we have as many defensive backs playing, you know, at a high level like we like we are currently, and and you know, nationally, Andy, it, it, we're our 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 efficiency in the you know you were you were mentioning something about our our passing defense efficiency um, at one point to us, and that we're like. 
third in the country yeah um so but we're third against we're third and third downs is that i think is what i recall <laughs> yeah I have so that wrong. this is by according to tom Connolly of espn um our yeah, defense that uh, you, you, you tell our you defense please. uh ranks nationally as 14th in success rate allowed and and success rate is um a stat that looks at how we do depending on down and distance so like do you prevent um offenses from gaining 40 percent of their needed yards on first down or 60% of needed yards on second down or a hundred percent of needed yards on third and fourth down. So, you know, how many times are preventing that kind of success from the offense? We're 14th overall. We're third against the pass. And then um, we're 10th nationally in third down conversion rate. So um, yeah, even though our numbers are not necessarily like the raw numbers against the pass and the, and the run right. are not necessarily as strong as some other teams, our efficiency and stopping the success of the That's offense is, is yeah. Top 10% in the country right now. Um, yeah. So I, you know, for me, I think um, that West Virginia game is a good proxy for what we're going to see both sure. from their running attack as well as from their passing attack with a mobile quarterback. And West Virginia might might be a better team. It's hard uh, to honestly. know. I mean, their offensive line was certainly a sight to behold. And I don't know much about, you know, Illinois' offensive line. I I hope we've learned a little bit about how to contain the mobile quarterback and um, our, our linebackers are going to be taking better angles. Our um, defensive line is going to be more gap sound than they were. Um, I would love to see us, you know, kind of do put the Python squeeze and, you know, in addition to limiting the big plays and, and maybe get some takeaways against, a, you know, a big 10 foe, uh, their quarterback threw three interceptions already. Um, I'd love to put him in a situation where he has to beat us with his arm and he, you know, makes some mistakes and we get a couple of uh, big turnovers. Anyway, where, where I, I feel like our defense is going to do pretty great in this game. Personally, I think they'll, t I think, you know, we do need to see the most from our defense in terms of. I'd love um, to see the best development game of the year from the defense. Yeah, so I, I've been thinking in my, you know, the, the, the um, historically it's been like you see the most progress from your team from week one to week two, but week two is a scrimmage, and so I really look at this this game as being our second true game. Um, you know, power five opponent. Our second Power Five opponent last week was FCS. Um, no disrespect to Delaware, um, but but I really look to to the to the defense getting their the most developmentally and progression um, between game one and this game right here. I'll, I'll look to the defense as making a, a big jump. I, I agree. I think this is the time to show it. Um, let's talk well, about so, the flip side. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna flip, oh, flip it. it. And, well, so so for as much as I think the defense is gonna have success and show a lot, I think this game for our offense is you know we could really put some stuff together because I don't think defensively that Illinois measures up at all uh, to our offense. Um, just for what it's worth, Andy, do you, <laughs> points per game allowed. Illinois is dead last. In the Big Ten, they're allowing 31 points per game. Okay, um, their rushing defense is dead last in the Big Ten, uh, at allowing 224 rushing yards per game. And let me go back, by the way, to 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 the to the points per game allowed. Dead last, but like you know, Purdue is second with 28, and in the rushing yards per game, you know, being 
224 allowed per game. Maryland is second to last, and they're allowing almost 100 yards less than Illinois. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So 224 is a lot. And with Penn State coming off um, a great, uh, you know, run offensive run um output performance like i don't i don't like you know you you worry a little bit about that that defensive line a little but but i i think we could run the ball really well against them but i think it's the pass that's going to set up the run because andy their passing yards uh per game um allowed is third to last in the big 10 with 253.5 giving them a the worst deep you know that 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 doesn't bump them up at all. They have the worst um, defensive total yards per game allowed in the Big Ten, uh, and it's not close. It's almost by 100 yards. So I think um, uh, that's really interesting, and it's very encouraging. At the same time, you, you know, you also just need to look at the at the competition. Um, they played what was very likely the best MAC team um, in Toledo, who might go on to you know actually knock off some decent competition. You had a Kansas team that you know has their star quarterback, you know, they were undefeated behind that quarterback last year before he got hurt. So, you know, they played a different kind of competition than a lot of the teams around the Big Ten. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're still last halfway through the season. That said, I, I agree with you. They haven't shown a whole lot on defense that make you feel particularly worried. My big question is against that 3-3-5, which is, as you mentioned already, what Delaware ran this past weekend on defense, it seems like it's tailor-made for that power run game and that the five defensive backs, you know, certainly, and and this, again, maybe it was a little bit game planning, but you didn't see any really long passes, very efficient, um, short and mid-range passes. Um, you know, again, Drew Aller was 86% or something like that, 84% um, passing. So you could certainly uh, dink and dunk and, and dice these guys apart. But it makes you wonder, are we going to exploit the 335 and just take it to him and run it down their throats? And how good would James Franklin feel to do that to Brett Bielema after he did that to us two years ago? Or will we trot out our you know shiny new toy again and Drew Aller and not no disrespect to Drew, but I mean he's just it's so fun to watch him. Do you do you wind him up and have him, you know, slice you apart like a like a samurai, you know, uh, I, I don't know which way you go and maybe you get a little bit of both. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see what these coaches do. I, I don't have a good sense of which way um, this is going to turn out for us. I do. Uh, what do you? I have a. Gr- what, I have a good sense. What, what's me, your sense, me, bro? Like Kansas is, you know, gr- granted they're playing Friday. Uh, was it Friday? Was it a Friday night game? Yeah, Friday night game. Uh, yeah, it was Friday night game. Yeah, um, prime time. Granted, it was all that, and like weird stuff can happen on the road at a at a night game. So take that uh, for what what you will. But still, Kansas is not Penn State. And this is what Kansas did, okay? 27 first downs. They were 9 of 13 on third down efficiency. They had a total yards of 539. 277 of those were passing. 266, 262 of those were rushing. They averaged 9.6 yards per pass and 6 uh, yards per rush. Wow. Um, and, and they turned the ball over twice. And uh, still had the ball for 36 and a half minutes, over 36 and a half minutes, and still won handily. They were up 34 to seven at the end of the, uh, nearly at the end of the third quarter. And 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 their quarterback, um, Jalen Daniels, who's great quarterback. I'm, but he was 21 of 29. Andy he had a QBR rating of 89.7. 
They had a running back rush 10 times for 120 yards. So what do you another, think? Another run, what do you think this? They had another running back run 12 times for 98 yards. So what does this okay. translate to for Penn State? I think it means we can do whatever the heck we want <laughs> against these guys. Uh, all right, you know, I, 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 you know, I really, really believe that. I, I, you know, interestingly enough, uh, the Illinois defense did get two sacks and five tackles for loss against this team, and they still handled them, manhandled them. So, you know, I think that to me, I really believe that. You know, for for as much as you're like, okay, we want to we want to control this game on the road, run it down their throats, try to run it down. Their I think this is like, with however many weapons we have on offense, if you go after this secondary, that is, you know, and not just our secondary, their linebackers were were nowhere to be found in this last Kansas game. I think you have to go down to sixth or seventh on the list of tackles for d- defensive players where you actually find a linebacker making a contribution in terms of number of tackles. So they're not only are their defensive backfield kind of lost and and you know nowhere to be found, their their linebackers are not getting the job done in the front seven. So basically their back eight is suspect, dude. And maybe that's tailor made for Theo Johnson to have that breakout quick passes up the seam. And I think you use the, the 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 fact that you can you can get ahead to an early start. You can take the crowd out of it. A crowd that, by the way, only showed up eighty percent for the Toledo game. I don't think we're going to see a crazy, um, you know, crowd atmosphere at eleven a.m. local time at Illinois. But you take whatever people are in that, uh, you know, crowd. You take them out early, and then Illinois can't play from behind against our secondary. They just can't, and it's and then our defensive ends can eat. Like I, I just think you take them out with a passing game, and then once you're ahead, you lean on Katron Allen and Nick Singleton to to grind them to a pulp the way you know we think they can. I think this. I just think unless Illinois has some sort of like Herculean flip of the script, uh, I just don't see Illinois doing it against us unless weird stuff happens. And and Drew Aller has you know a rookie performance. I mean, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like you're you're getting excited for a a solid Penn State victory. I am as well. And this is actually a great opportunity to uh, call on Joel Bettner and bring him in for By the Numbers. Not alert! By the Numbers. Not alert! By the Numbers. Not alert! By the Numbers. All right, Joel. Well, here we are well into the season and approaching our third week of By the Numbers. Um, why don't you start by telling us how things turned out after last week? Well, just I feel like I didn't do great. Starting off with the uh, <laughs> I don't remember, the most honestly. important number, 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> you mean Penn State or <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> well, so last week we had a bit of a focus on... Uh, are we going to be improving and what was the, th- the areas we wanted to see improvement on? And uh, part of that was rushing. I asked you guys who will have yeah. more rushing attempts, Singleton or Allen? Tom. I know who did. You said <laughs> Singleton. Andy, you said Allen. Point. Andy. <laughs> I mean, Trey, Trey Potts even had more yards than Singleton and a better yards per carry yeah. average. That was unexpected. I want, we yeah. wanted to see a bigger rushing total. As well, I said, so I asked you guys, how many yards will we have? Mm-hmm. Andy, you said 249. And Tom, you went with 301. We busted out 315. 315. That's right, 315. Yeah, nailed that. So point. I went yeah. with a big swing, and Tom went even bigger. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. oh, man, I feel good about it. You had to get ready for Illinois. Then, had to get ready for Illinois. Big 10 was, football, smash gonna, mouth. Let's go. 
impressive run total for sure. And then I asked, how many total rushing yards will Delaware have? Tom, you said 97. And Andy, in in honor of the Price is Right, went with $1 under at 96. And he snagged the win. Snagged the point. (laughs) Illegal. Illegal. Delaware had honor of the late Bob Barker. (laughs) Throwing a penalty flag on that. How great is it, though, that... That we held, I mean, I know they're an FCS team, but only 82 yards of total rushing. It was, I, I was yeah. pleased. And if you remove that 66-yard blown rush coverage, exactly. run defense, I mean, that's a significant blow to the to their, to their our average, but still a very impressive outing for the, with, for the defense on hold. Without that single run, we hold them to under 20 yards, which is, it's amazing. That, yeah, it's fantastic. It is amazing. How many passing yards will Pribula have? Pribula or Pribula? I've, I'm going with Pribula. Pribula? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this all season the long. The TV announcers were all over the map. Pribula. They were all over the yeah, map. Yeah, Pribul. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we don't even know how to pronounce Aller correctly, James Franklin, so I'm not too worried about Pribula quite yet. All right. Tom, you went. Anyways, Pribula. Tom, you went with 53. Andy, you went with 49. I was fairly disappointed to see that he had 22 passing yards, but... One here's an interesting thing. I thought Aller had a great game. Aller's QBR was somewhere around seventy-seven, and Pribula's yeah, was around Pribula's ninety-five. Was yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it was ninety-five. Maybe you're, maybe you're right, but I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was a little a little lower than that. But it certainly was. It was higher than Aller's, from what I recall. Um, no, you're right. Ninety-five point six. But it definitely was, goes to show you these kind of stats are. Contextual, yeah. Pe- yeah. You know, they, they, well, well, they looking don't at always Pribula, paint the whole it was, he was he was three of five, but that's skewed by the touchdown. So like his per, his like his ratio of you know points per pass was higher than you know Drew mm, Aller's. Yeah, interesting. You know, so and anyway. and Aller was definitely throwing a lot of lower percentage pass. I mean, not lower percentage, like lower it, average. Yeah, he of just yards downfield. It was a grinding. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he yeah, just. Yeah. You know, not lower had, than Pribula is lower than his norm, lo, lower than his four, first game. Let's put it. That yeah. Way. And and again, attempts to touchdowns right. on, on do, passing. Do, do we know if QBR um, does that factor in rushing yards at all as a, from a from a quarterback? I think perspective, so. I think it's, it factors in total yardage. I think you might be right. And so that's and that's what I think skews um, that for Pribula because um, he had a lot of first down runs, uh, which he looked good. He looked he, number nine there, man. He, he, you guys were mentioning he, how much he looks like Trace. Yeah, I mean, he looks exactly like Trace. He runs like Trace. He looks like Trace in a helmet. It, it, it blows my mind. Yeah. All right. So okay. now, All right. at this point, Andy, Andy can't be caught this week. But if it makes you feel any better, Tom, you did win the overall game prediction. Oh, did I? I don't care about anything but winning anything. So I'll take any win whatsoever. <laughs> but but now Andy wins this week, putting him up two to nil. Tom still throwing up a goose egg on the board. So how much weight does the preseason prediction carry? Because <laughs> <laughs> a full season long predictions on a different scale, right? You got some ground to make up. Does it bro. get two? Does it get two wins? You got uh, some ground to point make up, value. Bro. Uh, you know, uh, shut up, Andy. I'm talking to Joel. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So what do we got for this for week? This week, I'm, I'm, I want to. I'm focusing on the third phase of the game this week. Um, I've. Really, we didn't get to see much out of our special teams, which is good. A lot of touchbacks. Which is good. We don't want to be seeing too much out of our special teams on uh, 
in a game against an F- FCS not a, team. Not a single field goal uh, attempted. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going up against an Illinois team who, on the pod, we've uh, discounted them in the past to our, our own regret. Um, so, I, you know, they, they just coming off a loss, they could be a dangerous team. It's our first Big Ten uh, road game of the season. So, I, you know, the, we could see a decent amount of special teams here. They could make a big impact on the game. Absolutely. Um, so how many times will Penn State punt to Illinois? Uh, I believe Andy goes first this this time. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say we have four punts. Four punts. And Tom? Hmm. Do you guys know how many punts we had in the in the game? Are you aware? In which game? The, the one we just had. The, the I think Delaware it was game. zero. No, they had zero returns yep. against we us. Had, but we had two punts. Yep. Two punts. So four, and we averaged 45 and a half yards per punt, by the way. So... Looking back to West Virginia when he had that shank, that feels that, like you're stalling because you're no, worried no. about giving the wrong answer. No, 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 no. I'm just I want people to have some con- the listeners to have some context to to this question here. Um, What's your answer, bro? Well, hmm. So, any what was your what was your answer? I just said qu- four. Four. Okay. I you know I don't. Th- <sighs> you know we're a 14 point favorite, right? A uh, two touchdown favorite. I think. I think that. We could be scoring against this Illinois defense. Kansas scored against this Illinois defense. And and I'm not looking at how many punts Kansas had or not, but I'm going to say we punt... Ooh, four is a good number. <laughs> All right, I, listen. I'm just gonna go five then, because I think I think you know I think we'll we'll not punt three times. Four might be dead on, dead on. All right, possibly. That's kind of what I'm. So feeling. just some some context here. This season, we have punted the ball a total of four times for an average net of 40 and a half. Uh, Illinois has punted the ball seven times for an average of 42.3 yards. Uh, so it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty close. They, uh, they've punted more than us, but they, they also have a longer average. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out because the punting game could be, be yeah. huge here. So, uh, Tom... How many times will Illinois punt to Penn State? Mm. <laughs> All right, here. Um, you know, I'm going to say eight. Eight. Seven. And I'm going seven. I almost said seven. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andy. We fortunately didn't have to kick any field goals. We punched the ball in the end zone a lot last week. Um, so we definitely had some opportunities where we could have and chose to go for it on fourth. Yep. Uh, that tells you something. I'm yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm concerned about this kicking game. Who's going to be our kicker and the like? But how many field goals will Penn State make? <sighs> By the way, Falcons was our primary kicker the entire game. Yeah, didn't didn't attempt a field goal, but he hit all of his extra points. He also kicked a couple of kickoffs. For touchbacks, really? yeah, interesting. I wonder yeah. if they were just doing that to like cycle in the possibility. Yeah, could be. Um, I'm going two, Joel. We'll make two, and Tom. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say one. One. And now, Tom, how many field goals will Penn State miss? None. Zero. Andy. 
Yeah, I think we're going to make both our field goals. You think we're only going to attempt two I and make we'll, two? Tom's going yeah, attempt think, one, make. I mean, one. I'll go. I'll go Falcons, one, baby. Falcons, one. baby. One. I'll go one for my final answer. One. One shank. I don't know. Did, are we allowed to? Are we allowed to go for the same answer here? Is that permitted yes, yeah. per the rule? You, you can. You can predict All the right, same. I'm going zero. All right. See, I. I just. I think we're going to be attempting some sort of like long field goal at the end of a half, and. Uh, just we're gonna hit it. I, I think we're gonna be missing like that. That we're 56 that yarder. Yeah, we're due. We're Alex due. Falcons, baby. <laughs> Alex Falcons for the win. <laughs> All right. So now, kickoff returns. We haven't like. I think the college game has just changed a lot. We don't see nearly as many kickoff returns yeah, as we used. It's to. true. It's true. Um, but Singleton had one return for 26 yards on the game. I mean, that's one return for the whole team. It, I would for the whole. I would game. love to see. Huh see some of those explosive plays out of the kickoff return. Um, Illinois has six returns for a total of 107 yards, so 17.8 yard average per kickoff return. And yeah. we have two for 45, so 22 and a half. So again, it's still fairly close, but which team will have more kickoff return yards? Penn State uh, or Illinois? It's my And it's mine. It's mine, it right? Is. It's definitely Penn State because, oh, sorry. It's definitely, excuse me, the other way around. It's going to be Illinois, um, in my opinion. We'll score more? We'll score more. Yeah, that's that's where this, this is an interesting question because we may have a higher average, but we'll have to kick off to them a lot more, hopefully. Yeah, no, I just, you know, that's that's the the trade-off here with with having good defense and a good offense, right? I'll, you know, I'll like, stay... Um, I'll stay with Penn State on this. I think we're going to kick touchbacks and we'll get at least one or two returns. I think Wait, we'll have more return yards. Does this is this only kickoff returns? My brain was thinking return yards total. total only kickoff. Does it, can, can I change my answer now thinking about the full <laughs> re- return game? No, really. I, I My brain thought was thinking to, overall return I'll yards. allow it. All right. So we have um, just kickoffs. And Andy had already now given his response, so I'm obviously at an advantage here because <laughs> I sure. can know what I was gonna say for one thing, and then Andy. Well, I, if said you're what he talking said. about overall return yards, I don't know why you wouldn't choose Penn, Penn State. State in the first place yeah. because with punt returns, you'd expect we're gonna get a lot. Exactly. Caden Saunders. Caden Saunders is not great back there, in my opinion, and our our punt return game is is frustrating right now. We don't obviously. block well, uh, and Caden Saunders. But what's your What's your revised answer there? Bro? Revised answer is, hmm, I mean, I guess I'm still gonna. I'll just still say Penn State. Uh, or, or sorry, I'll st- I'll still say um, Illinois because I I just think that um, I just think we'll, they'll have more cracks at, at at the attempt. Yeah, that's. I'll stick with Illinois. For what it's worth, I I'm also predicting Illinois, but I don't I don't have right. A, yeah. I don't score in this game. You don't have a Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. So now that brings us to our You should you should though <laughs> on your own like we sh- you, you know you should annotate on your own on the side what what you are saying and and, and then we'll know really who the true winner is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So and then let's just wrap it up Tom here. Just wants to beat someone at something. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be somebody. Let's wrap it up here with our overall game prediction for score Andy. I'm going to go 3713. Ooh. 37-13. Um, Couple of prime numbers. I like it. 37 to 13. Good guys. Um obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is it, Andy? 
you jerk. <laughs> I, I, I really, I mean, obviously we don't want to discount Illinois. It's a big 10 team, big 10 offensive line, big 10 defensive line. Um, they're clearly struggling this year so far, and Penn State's not the team that they're going to turn it around. I mean, we're going into their stadium, but it's a noon kick. I I just I think our team is rolling. We're one of the better-looking teams in the top 10 right now, and Illinois is a struggling team. I don't think it's going to be the easiest day, but I, I think we're going to play solidly. We'll, we'll let them get a couple of scores, but um, we'll have our way for the most of the day is my thought. Listen, um, I think I, I may have this stat incorrect, but I believe didn't we at one point I think we scored on seven of eight possessions. We scored touchdowns. Yeah, we scored on our first four, and I think you're right, seven mm-hmm. of eight. Yeah. So we, to me, you know, Andy, you know, we we talk about this, but to me, this is you know the next level up. Like you know, West Virginia was a great first opponent. Uh, to me, Delaware was like a scrimmage preparing for you know uh, this game right here, and this, and then the Illinois game will be a game perfectly preparing for Iowa the following week. And I think that I just think that we are firing on all cylinders right now, and mo- by and large, you know, we can always nitpick everything, but I think that we're st- we're focused on starting fast and being consistent, um, and I think that's going to continue this week, and I feel good about um, the prospect of going on the road against an Illinois that's kind of, you know, f- floundering right now. I wouldn't say kind of. They are. They definitely don't look good, and they'll, they'll hope to be, you know, this could make their season and put them on a different trajectory, but I think that Penn State's offense and then I think you know they're they're going to keep rolling, but I think that our defense is going to f- find a way to start asserting their, themselves. This is the first, you know, a, a, this is the first game that counts in the Big Ten, and I think that the defense is going to have their brains screwed on for this. And so I'm thinking it's going to be forty-two to ten. I think it's going to be a blowout, and I think that you know that that we're finally going to see what this team is capable of and i think that that it's it's really going to like even though illinois is a you know a double uh, score you know underdog and i just i just feel like like we're we're primed to take take an opponent seriously out of you know from the from the kickoff to the final whistle i don't know if we took west virginia as seriously as they they you know required and i don't i don't think that in some ways our defense took uh youngstown uh, excuse me youngstown delaware that seriously in some ways from a from a trenches standpoint even though we had plenty of sacks and tackles for loss i think that there's there's room the ground to be made up and i think 42 to 10 will will you know, really assert ourselves against a, a power five conference foe. And I think that we might, you know, we, we might look a little stronger in the pollsters eyes moving forward after this game. Now, just, you mentioned a route the, uh, do you guys remember 2005 Illinois game? Um, yes. Uh, it, it was, was Kurt Kittner, the quarterback for that team at that point, 2005, come on. Michael Robinson. I don't remember that game. Or was it what, Michael? No, no, no. Kurt Kittner for Illinois. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the quarterback for Illinois? Is what I'm suggesting. Um, I, I'm not sure it was Kurt Kittner at that point. But but what's your point about the game? We just scored 63 points in 2005 <laughs> against Illinois. We scored 63 points. Oh wow! So I just uh, I mean, maybe it's some I, sort look, of. Moment. I do think I maybe. do think a runaway is possible. This is a very potent offense. Um, I assume Illinois is gonna put up a little more resistance than FCS Delaware. Um, We'll see. You know, I I think it's interesting 
looking at their game against Kansas last week and thinking, how do we compare, you know, offensively and defensively to a team like Kansas who, you know, made a splash last year? Um, I just think it's a, a Big Ten game at an away stadium. I think it, the totals will be a little lower, but I, I still think we'll look good. Kansas, dude, Kansas ran for 262 yards against Illinois. That vaunted, you know, defensive front <laughs> of, of Illinois. So I, I just think we pr- we're preparing for this uh, I like properly. It. I know? like it. I do. Well, um, Joel, thanks for joining us again for By the Numbers. Uh, we will see next week how these results turn out. Hopefully, um, looking at 3-0 and as a team, I'm looking forward to being 3-0 and next week. I feel good about my numbers, but we'll see. See if Tom can uh, start making up some ground. Right on, but, uh, Thanks for uh, being with us, Joel. Talk to you soon. All right. We're just a few days away from watching Penn State take the field for their first Big Ten action of the season. Looking for a big win either way. Um, Bro, hope you enjoy some of the other college football around the country this weekend, including a very interesting top 10 matchup between Michigan State and Washington. Uh, Not two top 10 teams. I mean, (laughs) is it interesting? (laughs) uh, Whatever. Is it though? (laughs) No top 25 matchups this this weekend at all. I think this is the whoa, really? I think this is the last time we're going to see that for a long while because um this is sort of your last preseason game for most uh, teams. And what's the best matchup of the weekend besides ours, of course? Uh, is there is there you know besides the, I think the, the Washington Michigan State is probably one of the better ones of the weekend for sure. The Colorado Colorado That's... State people are probably excited about Georgia South Carolina maybe. Oh, yeah, that's I mean that's something. Georgia I mean, it, is a 27-point favorite. <laughs> I mean that'll be. I mean it's it's gonna listen. LSU, um, Mississippi State. Okay, but but going back to that South Carolina game, Rattler beat Tennessee last year. Fair enough. You know it's and they beat who else they beat? Um, they beat someone else the week before. I think it was like Bama Clemson, or something like they? that. I mean yeah yeah Cle- yeah good point. Okay, the other one I, I'm seeing here, Andy. Uh, speaking of West Virginia and Pat Nardonsi. Oh, Pitt that's right. The goes backyard to brawl. West Virginia for the back. That's West the big Virginia one. Backyard brawl. That's the big one. Yeah, I mean that's definitely gonna be maybe one of the most watched matchups of the of the week, and and it might be one of the most fun ones. They're probably dude. We want West Virginia to win that game so bad. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I'm rooting Go for. I'm, I'm rooting for 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 what's his name Neil Neil Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get a little notch Hopefully. on his belt there. All right. It would be great for Penn State in more than one way if, if Neil Brown and West Virginia go on to, to, to win that home game against Pitt. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Should be another great football weekend. Uh, that'll do it for us. Remember to subscribe, uh, share it with your friends. This podcast, we'd love to uh, spread the love. Write a review, give us a rating, send an email to blueandwhitebrothers at gmail.com. Next week at this time, we'll be looking for a 3 and 0 record uh, and some more good things to talk about uh, with the Illinois game in the rearview mirror but until then bro it always starts with i love you and it ends with i love you and it ends for us <laughs> <laughs> we are Penn state Thanks for listening to the Blue and White Brothers. Join us next time for another great episode about Penn State football. Want to make sure you don't miss an episode? Be sure to hit subscribe before you go. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review with overwhelming words of adulation and praise. 